Welcome back to the Reading Blues podcast, the place to find out more about the school and to connect with staff, pupils and parents at a deeper level. Each week we'll be spending time interviewing people within the school community, asking them questions and spending time understanding more about them and more about the school. In this episode, we're talking to the head of history, but actually not about history. Instead, we're talking about overseas expeditions and CCF. If you haven't guessed, we're with Tanya van der Werf and we're talking about, well, the world. So we're going to find out which countries the school has been to in the past, why following foreign office advice is so important for a school, the learning and development that comes from trips like these, and, as expected, we also hear about the Navy section of the CCF. So grab your passport, bring your negative PCR test result, and let's explore the world with Tanya van der Werf. Tanya, welcome to this episode of the Reading Blues podcast. How are you today? I'm very well, thank you, Simon. Um, in fact, I know I'm well because I had to have a PCR test earlier this week, got pinged by the NHS app. Also quite pleased it's Friday and uh, pushing for half term, which I'm looking forward to. It's been awesome. a busy first start to the... It's been a really busy start. So your your PCR test, w- without being too nosy, that was from a test and trace because close proximity to somebody else? It was. I think I'm the only person in the world not to have turned the app off, but I'm seriously <laughs> considering it. <laughs> Actually, I can definitely vouch you're not the only one because I'm in the middle of doing that PCR test. I sent my test off yesterday and I'm waiting for the result. So in the meantime, I'm unsure, but but pretty sure that I'm, I'm I mean, I'm feeling fine. So should, should all be good, should all be good. Yes, I hope you are. And it's one of the, the great things about lockdown is that we've all become hugely more technologically capable, uh, including me. I always thought I was a bit of a dinosaur, but I'm much more more capable now of doing things like recording podcasts remotely. And that's exactly what we're doing right now, which is perfect. Tanya, we're going to be talking about a few things, including expeditions and all kinds of activity within school. But I'd love to know a little bit about your own school life, where you grew up, where you went to school, and also what your own experience of school was like. I loved school. I was quite a quite a nerd. I went to a village primary school in Cambridgeshire. And then my parents chose to send me, although we're not Catholic, to the convent school in Cambridge, okay. uh, which was a girls' school. Ethos incredibly similar to Bluecoat, and I loved it. Um, I'm a bit of a bookworm. I spent a lot of time when I wasn't chatting to friends up in the library. This is pre-internet days. I'm that mm-hmm. old and inspired by being in Cambridge. Who wouldn't, who wouldn't be? And then after you left school, where did you go and what did you do? I went to I went to Oxford uh, because I've been brought up in Cambridge. I thought that I would try and uh, spread my wings a little bit. And I studied history at Jesus College Oxford uh, for three years and loved it. Mm-hmm. Realised that I wasn't a complete bookworm. I had a go at rowing and really enjoyed spending time on the water as part of a crew. Joined my college first eight and became captain. So that took up quite a lot at any time that I wasn't in the Bodleian or the Radcliffe camera looking at history books I was Mm -hmm. to be found on the water mostly. Excellent well sounds like you had a lot of fun there it sounds like you loved that whole world of education and clearly here you are back in the world of education what happened between leaving there and uh, starting at Reading Bluecoat? Absolutely nothing I Mm -hmm. left Oxford not quite true I left Oxford and spent a year in Cambridge learning how to be a teacher at Keys College and doing a bit more rowing 
uh, and then looked for teaching jobs and found this one at Blue Cape School and I haven't looked back. I, it's the first job I've done and I've loved my time here so much. Uh, it's been really exciting. There's always something new in the pipeline and quite often it's been one of my expeditions uh, mm. to, keep me, to keep me engaged. I love teaching history. Boys and girls here are great. Well, it's good that you mentioned those expeditions because that's definitely one of the things I'd love to talk to you about. In fact, let's just jump straight into that right now. Tell me a little bit about the expeditions you've run in the past, maybe some of the different places in the world that you've taken some of the pupils to. I've gone all over the world with them. One of the beauties of this system is that I get to choose the destination and I choose places that are in the developing world, places that students are unlikely to have gone before or unlikely to go on a family holiday with Mm. places that are in stark contrast to Berkshire where we Mm -hmm. where we where we all live our very privileged little corner of England which is an incredibly privileged country uh, in the world and that's one of the reasons I do these expeditions to help Mm. open people's eyes in, through experience as opposed mm. to reading or watching things on television. The very first one I did, I went in 1997. Um, school hadn't done expeditions before and I chose Peru, which was a country that I'd already been to. Right. And because I love travel, I've been to, I've done several trips that inspired me to just to do more, but also made me think that I want to travel with students. Uh, I was a, quite a baby teacher at that stage. I'd been teaching for five years I knocked on the door of the headmaster and uh, said, which five headmasters ago, Alan Sanders, and explained what I wanted to do. Having come back from Nepal with a friend in an Easter holiday Mm -hmm. and shared a plane with a bunch of very obvious, it was very obvious to me that this was a school trip. So I worked out who the teacher was, uh, said hello, said I was a teacher, asked them what they were doing. And they said they'd just come back from an expedition. So I knocked on Alan Sanders' door and said schools do expeditions please could I do something like this Mm. I was 26 so he Mm. said yes so long as I took along with me a couple of other staff who were more experienced than me the the Mm -hmm. man who was running Duke of Edinburgh at that stage and our head of sixth form at that stage who who Mm. ran a sixth form mountain walking club so the three of us got together and plotted out a trip and we got stuck at the insurance stage to ensure students going abroad is quite tricky. Mm-hmm. And we pressed pause at that point. And then the headmaster tapped me on the shoulder one break time in the staff room and said, this is just, this junk mail's just come through the post. This, this looks like it might be interesting. And it was a flyer from a company called World Challenge who facilitate overseas expeditions for schools. Mm. So I got in contact with them and... And that was the that was the start of the first one. That was in 1996. So in 1997, took the first group of students, 11 of them, to Peru. And that was a place that I chose because I'd been, I loved it. I thought it had a huge variety of terrain. It was far enough away that probably none of them had been there on holiday before. And we had an amazing experience. But mm. since then, I've picked countries... We've been to South America several times, but also to the Himalaya. I think you can learn an awful lot at altitude mm. about an awful lot of things. So I pick, mm. I tend to pick high countries, although mm-hmm. I have picked a few jungly countries, low countries, mm. to learn that I'm not very keen on jungle, <laughs> uh, but uh, and that I prefer mountains. <laughs> but it's not all about me, so... 
I've put so, them in there. Which are some of the countries that you may have been to in the past that these days might be considered a little bit risky to go to, either because of political issues or, or climate issues or anything like that? That's a good question. We've been to Vietnam, which is interesting politically and climate-wise was really difficult. I did have to cancel the first expedition to Nepal, actually. We... We were just about to go, and it was the Easter holidays before going in the summer, and Crown Prince Tipendra shot the royal family, Ooh. and then shot himself, oh. and Nepal uh, descended into political chaos, part of which involved the chief of police being assassinated in Kathmandu in the wow. Easter holidays just before we were due to go. And so, yes, that was quite dramatic and is quite a good illustration of the fact that we take foreign office advice before we go to mm. any country. Mm-hmm. And the foreign office at that stage said, don't go to Nepal. Mm-hmm. So with three months to go, we had to rip up a lovely itinerary that the students had made. Mm. And we were offered a couple of destinations because World Challenge was a big organisation and they didn't have many free slots in countries that they were going to. Uh, mm. And I chose Argentina. That was mm. in 2003. Mm. So that's an example of somewhere where that was a bit tricky. We have since been back to Nepal three times with Blue Coat okay. students. Mm. It's a wonderful country with a really warm people and mm. stunning, the best mountains in the world to go, mm. and, to go and look at. Well, isn't it great then that we get that foreign office advice and that enables you to have that balance between giving the pupils, the students, the experiences, but at the same time ensuring that they're properly looked after? Absolutely. And that's a huge part of what I do on expedition. Each expedition goes with a teacher and a leader. And I've, I've been a leader for other schools. They have got the hard skills to keep the students safe. But the students have been trained for days and days on a number of training courses before they go. Mm. And absolutely, keeping safe is, is part of, is part of um, a huge part of the expedition. I think teaching through expedition life dynamic risk assessments is one of the the biggest skills that they come away with from that month away Mm. so you've mentioned peru and vietnam and nepal which are some of the other countries you've been to well bolivia um so in south america we've been to bolivia we we went to ecuador in 2011 and i had four teams going to ecuador we had 48 students um divided up into into four groups that that I don't know why, was the most popular destination I ever offered. Uh We've also been to Central America. So Mm -hmm. I took one team and we went, we started in Honduras and moved through Belize to Guatemala. Mm -hmm. Uh, And there was another team at the same time that started in Mexico and and finished off in Guatemala. Mm -hmm. We've been to, in uh, Nepal, as I said before, but um, in Northern India as well, twice, and to Mongolia. We've been to, well, a fun one was um, the, what we called the Silk Route. We started in Kyrgyzstan mm-hmm. and finished in Uzbekistan. Wow. Uh, that was not that long ago. That was in 2015. And two expeditions ago was to China. We flew to Chengdu, went up into Tibet, and then finished off uh, near the Gobi Desert. Uh, mm. Huge, long, huge journeys on that trip, um, mm. which we did by train. Some of, some of them we did by train. 30... Uh, 36-hour train journey was the, the longest bit that we did of that. Yeah. Wow, wow. So lots of... Pla- I've, I've missed out countries, I know, but uh, those, are, those are 
ones that I can remember just like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fantastic. Now, of course, we, we know that the school organises UK expeditions as well as overseas expeditions, and all of these expeditions are great opportunities for the students to learn and develop. But what experiences have you seen? What examples have you seen of some of the students taking away real learnings from the expeditions that you've taken them on? Well, the way these expeditions are organised is all about development. It's all about personal development Hmm. by being part of a team. And that development is through experiencing challenge, experiencing things that might be mental for some people, physical for other people. I I don't think there's anyone who can't go on an expedition. Hmm. What they learn from being on it is, first of all, planning and research and planning skills, because Hmm. the itinerary is not drawn up by the teachers or the expedition company. It's drawn up by the students. So they literally have a blank 30-day Uh, canvas to fill and we Mm -hmm. we have a weekend at school with lonely planet guidebooks there are other alternatives rough guides Mm -hmm. uh, footprints these days the internet but when I started doing this uh, that was less useful and they're given the challenge of filling their itinerary with a physical challenge which is invariably a trek of all sorts of different lengths. It could be a, a, a day, a series of day treks, or it mm-hmm. could be, um, we'd, I think the longest one we ever did was the Langtang Helambu trek in Nepal, which was 17 days of trekking. Mm-hmm. We've trekked on horseback in Mongolia. We've trekked by canoe in Argentina on the okay. Uruguay, in, in, the, in the Pantanal. Mm-hmm. So they have to fill this itinerary with physical challenge, a project, uh, a project phase, and cultural and a cultural phase there's always mm-hmm. an acclimatization phase at the beginning where you're literally physically acclimatizing to uh, different climates but also to different food different time zones uh, so that's that's a quite an important phase of the expedition mm-hmm. so planning is part of it fundraising is part of it and budgeting mm-hmm. uh, these are not cheap experiences and so we take two years to um, to get ready for it and I've, I've always thought that the students who get the most out of these expeditions are the ones who've made most of their money themselves mm. one girl made three thousand pounds one summer holiday in waitressing in a golf club so she, she put all her all her all her money and all her tips in towards her expedition so it's perfectly possible to do and the process of saving and working towards it is a life skill in itself. But mm. the budgeting skill that comes with being on expedition is carried on on the expedition. Uh, everyone wears a money belt and everyone takes a share of the group funds. Nothing has to be paid for with your own money when you're out there other than stamps for postcards that you send home and souvenirs that you want mm-hmm. to bring home. Mm. Uh, everything is done as a team. Uh, so the team has to manage the budget for the, the program that they've put together whilst mm. they're there, which mm-hmm. is invariably brilliant for when they go off to university. They mm. they really know what their money is worth and and how to how to eke it out and how to how to make the most of it. The most obvious thing that they learn from being on expedition is leadership and teamwork skills Mm. each day a different student is leader of the expedition and they take control of 
the day's programme, which they've planned out in the UK, and have to make it happen. Nothing, very little is pre-booked. Mm-hmm. So they have to find the bus timetables to get to where they need to be. They have to make sure the team is fed. They have to, which might involve going to the market and buying food and having a picnic, picnic lunch or breakfast, or it might involve sending people out to find somewhere that we can afford for a restaurant meal. Uh, so there's the huge amounts of organisation and part of the grown-up team's contribution to, to expedition life is to work with the leader um, beforehand and afterhand, afterwards, mm. Mm. Uh, looking at lessons learned and how they can better tackle, perhaps, uh, use those lessons to to help them in future leadership days. Mm. So teamwork is a, is a, a big, big part of it. Mm. These are all lessons that help springboard you uh, into into the future and make and give you enormous confidence you know mm. when you're looking back when times are difficult perhaps at university or later on in life uh, you, these, these will, this expedition will give you real world examples of mm. resilience determination all the things that we're we're in the business of trying to help people develop at blue coat in lots and lots of different formats you know mm. i know one of mm. your previous podcasts was <laughs> Uh, Stephen Lammercraft, who's talking about adventure education at Bluecoat School now, and those those qualities that he's busy instilling are exactly the qualities that are developed on expedition and will, as as he said very eloquently, help you later in life. Absolutely right. It's amazing to hear about all of this learning and development that happens on these expeditions because clearly this is very different from you know, being an expensive holiday for for students to go on. This is much more, isn't it, about, about the learning and development that they'll take away from it. Expedition is not a holiday. It really <laughs> isn't. And it's also not something you do because your friends are doing it. Although whilst you're away on an expedition, you will make friends for life, I mm. think. The sharing, mm. of that, the sharing of those experiences is something that doesn't get forgotten quickly. Awesome. That's fantastic. And it's really good to understand that. It's really good to get that clarity on that. Tanya, you're also the head of the Navy section within CCF. Tell us a little bit about that. The Navy section is brilliant fun. <laughs> and, but it's, it's in so many ways, it's got overlap with expedition life as well. It's all about developing qualities and uh, leadership and teamwork being foremost amongst those. Mm-hmm. I have my sixth form cadets helping train up bright buzzy year nines i've run the navy section so the the big the big draw for that is dinghy sailing lots of uh, students have never sailed before although again with our adventure education program the year sevens and eights now are getting an opportunity to be on the water you join the combined cadet force in year nine Mm -hmm. you get to choose which section which color uniform you put on and the Navy section is in dark blue, senior service. Britain's had a, a Navy before it had an army, a standing army or a, an RAF for obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. And we, we teach mostly sailing. We go, we're water babies in the Navy section. We go sailing mm-hmm. whenever we can. Um, but in the months when the CCF says we have to do syllabus work, we teach them some practical skills, some like knot tying for example navigation skills on the water as well as uh, on the land radio procedure so again useful useful practical things like Mm. the nato phonetic alphabet but also a lot about life in the navy how that operates and why we have why we have a navy 
what, what it's all about. Mm, fantastic. Something very different. In, it's, it's something, the CCF is something very different in the middle of a school week. Mm. I think that's what's exciting about it. Not very many schools have the privilege of having a combined cadet force, only mm-hmm. 130 in the whole country. And so I think it's something to cherish and to, and to celebrate. Oh, it sounds fantastic. And the CCF meetings, they happen irrespective of weather, I presume? Yes. I think it's the Marines that say skin's waterproof. We try not to get too, we try not to get too wet and soggy, but, uh, and we can always dive inside classrooms when it's, when it, during the winter, uh, when, we're, when we're at school. Good character building for sure. Um, and then lastly, you mentioned about skiing as well. So tell us a little bit about where the next skiing trips are likely to be. The next skiing trip is actually coming up in about 12 weeks' time, which is very, very exciting. I had to cancel last year's ski trip because of the virus. Mm -hmm. And the company gave us the opportunity to just press pause. So we were booked in to go to the Milky Way in Italy, which is a collection of resorts where the Winter Olympics were held in uh, 2006, I think. Mm -hmm. And we're, we're booked to go to Sestriere, which is the highest of those resorts. We've been as a school to the Milky Way lots of times. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's a blue coat favourite. We like skiing in Italy because uh, the food is great and mm. Italian ski instructors seem to like children, whereas French ones are sometimes a little bit grumpy. Well, that always helps uh, if they like but, children. Um, That's a good sign. <laughs> <laughs> we spend five hours a day in lessons on our school ski trip. So it's a, mm. a really fantastic opportunity that it doesn't matter if you're a complete beginner, or an expert, uh, you will be put in groups with people of your ability and we, we ski all day. Mm. So we're just at the moment looking at all the challenges of getting out of the country, looking mm. at passenger locator forms and uh, what sort of antigen tests and things like that we're going to yes. have to give evidence of to be able to get to Italy, which is exciting. So, But I think We'll meet that challenge. The parents are up for it and uh, the boys are and girls are desperate to get skiing again. They really are, as am I. I think I'm sure they are and I'm sure you are too. quite a lot. Yes, yes absolutely. absolutely. And in a post-COVID world, this is going to be even more enjoyable, I'm sure. Tanya, we need to bring this to a close in a minute. But if anyone's heard mm-hmm. anything and wants to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to connect? The easiest way is by email, tvw at rbcs.org.uk. And I'd love to hear from former students who've been on expeditions who have gone travelling because that's one of the reasons that I do these expeditions is to give people the confidence to, to see the world. Well, there you are. If you're listening to this and you're one of the school's alumni and you've seen more of the world since leaving the school, then why not drop Tanya an email? Tanya, thank you so much for being here and for sharing all of your thoughts on that with us, for opening up that world of of expeditions, of CCF and skiing, and for giving up your time right now on a Friday afternoon. Thank you. Thank you very much, Simon. So that was Tanya Vanderwerf talking about all things regarding overseas expeditions and CCF. Now, you won't know this, but after we finished the recording, Tanya said to me, Simon, there's so much more that I could have talked about. So I wouldn't be at all surprised if we see Tanya coming back on to a future episode. But a big thank you to her for coming on to this episode. I'm feeling the need to go and pack a suitcase now. If you have any questions at all, just email tvw at rbcs.org.uk and she'll be able to help you. Now, our next episode is coming out soon, but in the meantime, thank you for listening to this one. Don't forget to follow or subscribe so you stay in touch, and we look forward to seeing you next time. Bye for now.